Hello and welcome to the Excel Books Podcast. It's Molly again. And you know, I like to talk about work, family, and life. And today's episode is specifically dedicated to Memorial Day. And I want to give a little spin, a little twist on this. Um, and what, what do I mean by that? So for those of you that are thinking, okay, it's Memorial Day. What is Memorial Day? I know that I get off work. I know that I'm usually going to grill something. I know I'm normally going to see the best sales of the year in the store somewhere. But what is Memorial Day? Why does it matter? I'm glad that you asked. I'm glad that you asked. I'm going to tell you what it is. Memorial Day is a U.S. holiday. And it's when we celebrate or mourn uh, the, the heroes that have uh, died in the military, um, you know, for serving our country, you know, more than likely it's something like, you know, there was a war that happened at some point, you know, and, um, you know, the soldier died, you know, in whatever fashion, and we are, you know, honoring them today over that. Um, but I want to give a little twist on this. Um, let me give a background before I get into the twist. So I am a military brat. Um, I'll just say military is in my blood. I think I'm a military DNA person. What do I mean by that? My entire family lineage is military. My mother was military. My sister is military. My brother is military. Uh, actually, two of them were military. My uh, ex-husband slash fiance, whatever you want to call it, I'll do a whole another episode on that one, um, he is, uh, was, is retired military. My grandfather was, my uncle was, um, my mother's ex-husband was, I mean, it's just all over. I went in ROTC. I mean, it's just military is just in our blood. We are that family that you're like, all right, you need to, need to, uh, defend the country. You need us to, uh, make sure that everybody is alive and well. You need us to do the hard task. My family's like, sign me up. We are that family. Um, so if you ever live near me, know that, you know, we will protect you. We are ready for survival. Um, (laughs) it's just who we are. So anyway, like I said, military is very big deal for me. And I want to say that now so that when I do this twist, you're not like, how could you twist the holiday? Isn't there another holiday for that? Yeah, but I want to talk about it because I think it's necessary. So as you know, there's lots of, uh, military holidays. We have Memorial Day, we have Veterans Day, Um, you know, and sometimes Veterans Days is just for those that are still living, you know, that have served and all of that. But I wanted to talk about this on Memorial Day. Um, so many things I could say about this, but when I think about honoring people who have died, um, who've served our country, I'm actually thinking about death in a different way. And what are you talking about? Like, wait a minute death in a different way. Molly, pick something. Um, I'm talking about people who have died mentally, Um, not just physically. It's easy to honor someone who's passed, who's passed on because, you know, you remember their name, you have a picture, you have a grave site, you can go visit it, you drop off some flowers, you say a prayer, you may eat something in honor of them, you may make their favorite dish, you may sit around and talk about them. It's very easy to do that. But very seldom do we take a moment to think about honoring the people who have died mentally 
as a result of serving and um, defending our country. So what do I mean by that? Um, my favorite uh, soldier is my brother. My brother served very uh, passionately in the military at a very young age. He's still living today, thank goodness. Um, but he was one of those people that ended up going out to the desert during one of those wars going on. And he got hit by a roadside bomb and suffered some brain damage. But he was still well enough to function by military standards. My brother being the gung-ho person that he is, and like I said, we I'm a family that, you know, we just defend our country. We're, we're warriors. Um, my brother, after getting hit with one roadside bomb, says, well, the worst has already happened. You can't stop me. I'm going back in. Well, he went back in, and a few months later, he got hit with another roadside bomb. This time, the damage was severe. Um, for the longest time, my brother could barely function. He was alive. He was well, but he had to be on all these machines. Um, I could see the struggle that he had just talking, just to have a conversation, just trying to keep up with what was being said. Um, I just cried because I knew my brother was a quick wit uh, person, fast speaking, jokester. Um, he had so much personality, so full of life. And when I saw him like that after hitting, being hit with the roadside bomb, I mean, my heart just broke. And I remember thinking, I was like, where's the honor for him going through this? I don't want to wait for just a veteran's day to say, okay, well, you're a veteran, you know, thank you for your service. I'm like, no, I need more than that. My brother, who was in his 20s at the time, now has the mental capacity of like a 50-year-old um, because of two bombs. You know, that's a problem for me. And so here it was, you know, I'm watching my brother trying to get through, and it was hard to process. Uh, and I wanted to honor him. Now, I will say that for those listening, my brother is actually doing much, much better today. He, um, I don't think he'll ever be back to the way that he was 100%, but through a lot of natural things that we're doing to help him, a lot of... Um, uh, herbal shakes and things of that nature and a lot of exercise and prayer and things like that. He is able to function a lot better. He's able to do a lot more things. Like I can see the difference. Um, he's almost back to the brother that I had. Um, but he, he's okay. He's doing much, much better. I don't have to worry. I have peace now. I know that he's going to be all right. And his wife does an amazing job of caring for him and making sure that he's okay. So with that said, I want to dedicate this particular episode to honoring the soldiers who are still with us, but they have died mentally. They've got brain damage. They've got PTSD. Um, they've got trauma, you know, you know, in their heart because of what they've had to witness and what they've had to do. And they're going day in, day out, trying to um, function, trying to have some definition of normal, but their normal was robbed from them 
in their sacrifice for our country. I want to first say thank you. Thank you to every single soldier that has done anything at all for our country, whether you swept the floor or you were the one to cook the meal or you drove the boat or you pushed a button, you know, whatever it is, thank you for your service. I honor you on this day. Um, For those of you who have served as soldiers and your role isn't talked about a lot, and yet you've died mentally because of it. Um, I thank you for that sacrifice and I'm sorry for what you're going through. You know, I'm thinking about a specific type of person at this moment. I'm thinking about the people that, um, they bomb people, you know, those, those soldiers, because not all, not all soldier jobs are pretty jobs, right? We romanticize it a lot. We, uh, on TV, we make it seem like it's, you know, all, all easy, like it's all people on the front lines with the, you know, you know, an M1 in their hands and they're running and they're hiding under, you know, you know, in dugouts and stuff trying to shoot people and we think, yeah, that's them. Or we see them flying a plane or sitting on a boat. But we don't always talk about the, uh, I guess I'll say the, the unspoken jobs, the military job where their whole purpose was to sit in, I don't know, an office miles away and use radar to zone in on a particular place to bomb it because there's a serial killer there and the cost of bombing where that serial killer is was desecrating an entire city and all they did was press a button and you may think oh they didn't do much yeah they did they had to mentally process the pain of watching people that they didn't want to die, die, wishing they could drone in. You know, not everybody got the job of saying, yeah, I'm going to send a drone. It's only going to kill this person. Sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes the only way to get to the enemy is by having casualties. And these brave soldiers deal with that mental trauma all the time. And so I want to remember them today and say thank you for your service. And I hope that you find some measure of peace um, in your life because I know what you do is hard. Um, I'm also going to take the time to honor another type of soldier. And I know for those that are listening, you're probably going to think, Molly, that's not a soldier. Um, <laughs> you know, Molly, that's not a veteran. You can't go there. Of course I can. It's my show. I can do that. Um, (laughs) what I'm going to talk about now is something that is very near and dear to my heart. And for those that know me, you know, that this is something that I just strongly believe in. And I really think it needs more acknowledgement and more support than it gets. I know this is uh, Memorial Day about soldiers who have died. And I thank God for those that have died. And the ones that, you know, are dying on the inside or dying in illnesses that won't be healed because of the sacrifice they made. They had to go to countries with all these weird scenarios in it. And now they're suffering. I thank God for them and their sacrifice. But I also want to talk about the forgotten soldier. And um, I could talk about this all day, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to 
keep it short and simple for you because I don't want you to be on here all day. Um, the Forgotten Soldier, to me, are the family members, specifically the spouses and the children. Um, but I want to specifically talk about the spouses. Yeah, I could go there on the kids, but I want to talk about spouses. And I'm not talking about the spouses of an active duty soldier. I mean, yeah, they're, they're in this, this, uh, this grouping too. But I'm talking about the former spouses, the ex-military spouses, the, um, I'm talking about them. And even more so if their soldier is no longer active. Why am I talking about them? So if you're listening and you don't know how the military world works, I'm give you just a tiny, tiny little snippet of it. In the world of the military, no matter how much they hype it up, it is all about the soldier. The spouse and the kids are not that vital to the military. We are an extension. What do I mean by that? If there's a deployment that needs to happen, they don't care that I am the spouse and that I've been with this man for 10, 15 years and that I'm the one who helps him when he has nightmares of bombings and things like that. They don't care. They want their soldier. And they'll say, well, you can't be deployed here. This is, you know, this is a, a mission. Um, now, if it's like a regular deployment where we're going to send them there for like three years, you know, just to be stationed, like a duty station move, then yeah, we'll send you and your kids with them. Other than that, you stay put. And as a spouse, you deal with a lot. And I'm saying this because I was a military spouse. Um for almost 12 years and I sat home during every single deployment. I watched helplessly from the sidelines while my soldier had to fly halfway across the world with no family, no holiday dinners, no hugs, no back rub at the end of the day saying, it's okay. You can handle it. Um, in a foreign land, sometimes with a language that he does not know, relying on interpreters and all kinds of stuff. And I was the home front soldier. And what do I mean by the home front soldier? Um, the home front soldier is the person who serves the battleground here at home while the military soldiers out doing their job. They're the ones that make it possible for the military soldier to do their job. They're the ones saying, okay, I will handle kids and emergencies and house repairs and leaks and storms and powers of attorney and bills and house buying and car shopping and taxes and, you know, anything else you need and packages. And on top of that, we got to try to be caring spouse to you miles away, trying to get packages sent to you in another country and we you know we got to wait three weeks for shipping you know trying to remember birthdays and trying to make it memorable and keeping the rest of the family from having ptsd while you're gone um one of the biggest challenges i had was you know raising two 
kids and they were toddlers. I think they were like two and one at the time. And I remember my one-year-old son just crying, saying, dad, 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 and dad is not there. And I'm trying to show them pictures of dad on a, on a computer, trying to show video recordings of it, trying to record his voice before he goes, playing old voicemails that he's left me so they can hear that and soothe them. And even more so, just to put a little bit more perspective for you as a home front soldier, trying to prepare my kids mentally to re-meet their parent. You know, if you've never been a, a military spouse and had your spouse come home from deployment, it's a hard thing to have little kids who have only seen their father for maybe, what, three weeks while they were an infant and then come back and they're supposed to be excited at this person saying, this is your father. That kid doesn't know who it is. The kid's like, this is a stranger. I'll never forget the day my son looked at my husband and, and he just cried. He was like, nah. I'm like, it's okay, it's your daddy. Like, nah. I mean, he just kept coming to me. And it wasn't because there's was anything wrong with his dad. It was because he had not seen this man for like eight months. He didn't know who he was. He'd only seen a picture on, on the screen, so he knew the face, but he's never held him. He's never touched him. He's never tugged on his pants and, you know, he's never drooled all over him. He did he just doesn't know his dad. And, you know, trying to prepare your kids to quote unquote, remember, or just get to know someone that they have not met. That is their father, a very influential, vital figure in their life. And on top of that, to prepare your spouse for adjusting when they get home. You know, as a home front soldier, you, you're running everything. Because a soldier, you know, I'll say, you know, every soldier's different. You know, mine at the time wanted to immediately jump in and take the load off of me. And wanted to do a lot of the tasks that I was doing. But I had been running it without him for almost a year. It's a very hard habit to break. So imagine being single and you're used to paying your own bills. You clean your house, you roll up the trash, you do the taxes, you, you, you storm-proof the house. You've learned how to kill every bug that has ever existed because there's no man around to kill it for you. You've got pest control, you've got kids, you change diapers, work jobs, cook dinner for the week. You know, you've done everything. And then somewhere in there tried to make time to maybe paint your nails or at least brush your hair so it doesn't look like you made no effort this morning. And then someone comes in and says, okay, I'm here to do it all. And you're like, um, thank you, but no thanks. Um, I want the help, but I don't, I, I got this. Um, I've done this without you. And as a home front soldier, you have to literally take the time to push yourself out of that mental box, to push yourself out of that box and say, okay, I know I can run this on my own. I know I have been running this on my own. I am going to allow my spouse to slowly ease into things, say, okay, can you start with dinner? Can you start with rolling the trash out? Okay, now can you start adding in changing the diapers? Okay, now that you're into this, okay, let's talk about what's happened with finances since you've been gone. Um, a lot of people just think, oh, well, you get paid lots of money, you should be fine. No, that is not always the case. Um, 
even with the money that you have, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, even when we were fortunate enough to stay on base, you know, there are things that you still have to pay for. There's things that are not covered. And sometimes, you know, what you're given, you know, your BAH and allowance and all that still isn't enough to cover it all. So it's a lot of adjusting. I know you're like, Molly, you are ranting. Um, It's a passion of mine. I warned you. Uh, So, you know, you're doing all these things. And then you're trying to invite someone back into your world and saying, here, take it on. And then you've got to get used to being a spouse to them again. I mean, it's one thing to have a relationship. It's one thing to have it long distance and then say, okay, now we're coming back. And then to have them constantly yo-yo back and forth in your life. It's like dating someone. It's like going from being married to single constantly over and over again. And, and not losing your sanity. Now, some people handle this beautifully. I have a friend who does it, and I'm in awe over how she does it. I was not that person. I was struggling every single time. And then on top of that, you know, taking into account that, you know, your soldier coming back who wants to help may not be able to handle it. They're like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. Yeah, kids and diapers and taxes and jobs and bills and what happened with this? And why did we need another water heater? And, you know, just all these different things, you know, and why did you lose your job? Oh, I lost it because they didn't want me because I'm a military spouse because they don't know when we're going to be stationed somewhere else again. So I'm not reliable, according to them. So they didn't want to hire me, you know, just so many things that you go through. If all of that wasn't hard enough, When that soldier retires, when they get out of the military, whether it's by retirement or just voluntarily getting out, that person who served, the soldier, they get to keep their ID card. And they can say, hey, I was a soldier. This is, you know, I'm a veteran. I may only get this many benefits based on when I leave, but I'm a veteran. But that spouse does not. They don't get to keep it. You've got to be like retired, military spouse, whatever. But even with that, like the benefits that a spouse gets are very limited. Most of the time they take it away. They take away your ID card, you know, for to this day, my mate, my partner, my veteran, he's going to have VA benefits for the rest of his life. He's going to be okay. He needs to go to the doctor. The government will make sure that man lives. Me, the home front soldier, they could care less. I could lose a toe. They'd be like, I don't care. My arm could be falling off. They're like, you are not the soldier. And so I wanted to say all of that to give you a picture of what it's like as a home front soldier. And I want to take a moment, just a little brief moment and say to all of the military spouses, former military spouses, thank you for your service as a home front soldier because you made it possible for that soldier to do his job. You made it possible for your kids to still stay connected with their their parents and their families. You you did it. You did it. I salute you. Um, I actually wrote a specific poem in honor of the home front soldier. And, you know, I'm going to, I'll let you guys tell me if you want me to read this out for you at some point. Um, it's something that I wrote just to honor them. And if you're interested in hearing it, you know, drop me a message in the comments, you know, send me a note or something on my website and let me know and say, Hey, I'm really curious to hear, you know, what you wrote in honor of the home front soldier, you know, um, 
just let me know so I know if it's something you even want to hear. So I know that wasn't your typical Memorial Day. Um, I hope that it was interesting for you. If you haven't, you know, already, you know, get some burgers, get a hot dog, grill something, uh, find somebody, you know, that you want to be around and just, you know, hug their neck or, you know, if you're still trying to get your vaccine shot, give them an air hug, um, you know, but find somebody to celebrate and enjoy life with today, regardless of whether they were a soldier that, um, you know, died or died mentally or whether they were home front or whatever it is, take time to love the people that you can while they're living because you never know how long we have on this earth. So with that, thank you for listening. I hope you have a blessed and fun-filled and food-filled Memorial Day. Take care.